0: you do you let true green do your lawn care visit truegreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed please welcome drew barrymore
1: this weird thing that's been happening to me uh, lately which is I'm skipping. It's like what genuine happiness does to you, it physically takes over. (laughs) Speaking of physical, my trainer called this morning and cancelled and I was like, oh yes! (laughs) So it's gonna be a great day. All right, we're also having pop quiz. One of my favorite things to do on this show during our final segment, we're gonna ask three questions about things that were said and done during the hour. So get your mental paper and pad and pencils out um, and uh, one person will be chosen and if they answer one or two correctly, it's $100 for every answer that's correct. A thousand if you get all three. (laughs) And uh, I'm so excited. But if you really just want a fantastic prize, look no further than our first guests. And I do say plural because there's a few of them. Um, One of them happens to be a living legend, a Grammy Award winner, and a trailblazer um, for the Latin arts and culture. And joining her are two very special women who I deeply admire, and I'm honored to say that they're here for the second time um, because we all started our shows last year in the pandemic, um, but some really special things have happened to all of us along the way that I can't wait to get into. It's our friends, Gloria, Lily, and Emily Estefan! (laughs) If why. there is ever a skipping outfit, that is it. Yes. Thank you. I, I love this it. This is why people think I'm a little kooky, but I don't care because it's true. I'm so happy to see you guys. I mean, we all started our shows last year in the middle of the pandemic. It was a miracle, <laughs> right? It is a miracle, honestly. And two things have happened to both of us um, that I'm so excited about. Congratulations on getting a season two.
0: Yay, thank
1: you! 12 new episodes. Just started last week. Oh my God, yes. And I felt like our sister shows, um, we all got nominated for Emmys. Congratulations, by the way. Yes. That was another miracle. (laughs) (laughs) Miracles on miracles. You know when we had our first um, hang last year, and with what I think the red table talk, you know, institution um, has built over these years is the ability to leave it on the table to have these profound discussions, and at a time when in some ways there's social media, TMI, so much being put out there, where are the substantive takeaways? Where are the conversations that leave us raw and vulnerable, make us feel less alone, and also Mm. teach us something?
2: I always love my experts because we, (laughs) I mean, the show is about conversation and sharing the perspective of three different generations of, in our case, Latin women, in this world that we all inhabit but at the same time you know there's you you have to make that connection with the viewer and uh I, yeah i will God say you make a connection last week no with yeah you, right yeah, with yeah. you know gloria's um
3: you know the, the first episode the first we episode had it's yes. been incredible yeah, and,
4: being betrayed uh, by yeah, trusted yeah. adults. And, and, you know, the night before, that's another thing. She calls us sometimes the night before. Hey, I'm going to say this tomorrow. I'm going to go there. You know, and the producers don't even know because when you have people coming and being brave, it's almost infectious, and you do feel less alone. And I made a formal request for ten therapy sessions because I may have learned too much about my parents' sex life this season. Because she <laughs> is. I feel alone. I feel very alone. <laughs> hold on.
2: <laughs> that doesn't mean I answered. All right. Yes, you did. Okay. okay. No. No. no okay. Hold on. Like yes,
3: I asked all the questions you asked because too much. Emily. I, what do you mean? I asked I too much. I do you know, really. Like, oh, no, I'm your niece. And people want to know. I do really. I didn't want to know. Okay, I told Amy (laughs) to stay home, and they said, no, she's got to get picked. She walked off the
2: table a couple Uh, times in that episode. Exactly.
3: I did my best, Drew, but I don't know. You guys will tell me when the show comes out.
1: (sighs) What I do know is you started this season off um, with a true force, um, and you made a really big splash on your foray of season two by disclosing such heavy, beautiful, important, necessary topics. So will you tell us about episode oh, one yes. of season Absolutely. two? Absolutely. Drew, look, I, I always tell everybody when right.
2: Claire Crawley was going to come on to talk about what she experienced at the hands of a priest when she was five years old, I I thought to myself, I can't sit here quietly and, you know, hypocritically being quiet and keeping what I went through. And I thought, OK, I can be an example for women, and by the way, it's one in three women because we've learned more statistics since we did the show. It's one in three women and one in four or five boys that experiences some kind of abuse that we know because that we know of because those are the ones that speak about it. And I thought, you know, I've had a wonderful, beautiful life filled with love, filled with support. And I want anyone that's gone through this to realize that Whatever trauma or terrible thing you went through does not have to define you.
1: Now, let me ask you a question. And by the way, on a side note, Gloria, we were discussing it in the room before we came out here. And, you know, the fact that you waited until your mom's passing to bring this up. Um, Someone I had to. Someone asked the question like, oh, was it because of this? And I was like, I just tapped right into my mom gut. And I said, I bet it was because. Yeah. This was not. This was something she didn't want to have her mom relive. Why? why? It was. And yeah. she
2: was very traumatized, Drew, because I think she had a lot of feelings of, oh, my God, am I guilty of putting her in that? How is she going to know? But every time I would approach the subject with her just because I had some questions, she would really, she'd start crying out, you know, I can't deal with this. So imagine if I were to bring the public scrutiny that this brings. And I guess when you shared... Um, that abuse that you endured so bravely,
4: you know, that came into my life. And that's going to be in my child's life because she says, you know, you have to think about the way the intention of the way somebody touches you. That's a core value of my
1: life. So for to share with everybody else, It's interesting to be a parent now myself and realize how overprotective you want to be as a parent. So thank you for having these conversations. Thank you for helping us all deal with the things that we actually have to as parents and we can't run away from them. Now, are there any topics for you that are off limits for season two? Oh,
2: I don't know if it's so much off limits as when When we choose our topics, we try to. Make sure there's a value that we can bring to the viewer, a discussion that's going to make them think or offer some, you know, things that are also evergreens that are going to stand the test of time. I I also think
4: that we go to places that there are no limits and we need to figure them out. We had some conversations this um, this batch of episodes, for example, we talked about colorism in the Latin community, which is something that within that world is hardly ever talked about because people are afraid and uncomfortable. There's not even a word for colorism in In Spanish, Spanish, right, because it's the racism within our own community. Families that have one child that's so much darker than the other and they're receiving different treatment because of which, you know, because of that. So those conversations, people are afraid to have them, but we also want to go places that people are afraid to go, so these conversations are available somewhere.
1: Okay, well, we're gonna to cut to a commercial break and we'll be right back with more yellow table talk. <laughs> yellow oh! table talk! Say goodbye to
5: performance robbing engine deposits with Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Hate to break it to you, but lower-grade fuel can leave deposits in your engine that build up over time and leave your engine's performance severely lacking. Thankfully, Shell V-Power Nitro Plus removes up to 100% of performance-robbing deposits with continuous use in gasoline direct-injection engine fuel injectors. Download the Shell app today to find your nearest Shell station and rejuvenate your engine with Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. Fuel up at Shell.
1: Welcome back. We're here at our little yellow table in honor of our Red Table Talk family, the Estefans, Gloria, Emily, and Lily. Okay, let's get into some subjects that you're going to tackle in Season 2 um, let's start with plastic surgery. I'm interested to hear what you have to say on that subject because I haven't no. messed with this yet. But I mean, yeah. there might be a point where I'm like, just pull you it like a ponytail. Listen. I don't know. What are your they, thoughts on this subject? We talk about a ponytail
2: lift <laughs> on the show, and it's really interesting because the people that are on the show are in their 20s and they've had massive plastic surgery, and one of them regrets it greatly, and the other one embraces it and we've got we've checked it all out i go i have a ponytail lift i put a ponytail on and squeeze that hair back as tight as possible no my mom it sleeps works. with her face on ice like this That's what no, she no. Does. Uh, honestly i mean people think i've had it i have it down my back i've never had it yet we don't say we were interrogating The plastic surgeon that came on the show to talk about a lot of different (laughs) things. You and I need to go. But I I also, she freaks out if I ever tell her, hey, I don't know, maybe like it. And she goes, mom. I'm I'm freaked out by it. However, I'll tell you this. We explore
4: the duality of unrealistic beauty standards. Like, what are you seeing on Instagram? The fact that you know, Kim Kardashian, we don't judge. But the way that her body is actually in real life, it's not in a, you can't work out and look like that, right? So- there are people who, yeah, you want to alter your body. You want to alter your face. I have tattoos. You know as what long as it's
3: for you. Well, I have a 19-year-old, and she's <laughs> the whole day on filters. And, uh, you know, you start worrying about, you know, this generation. Because, you know, this is Instagram versus reality. Right.
1: I know. Right? It's like when we talked about plastic surgery in, like, the 70s and 80s and 90s, it was because people who are older wanted to look younger. Now exactly. it's younger exactly. people who want to look like the different, Al-
4: unrealistic, um, alien.
1: Yes. You know, it's so not in a harmful word, but
4: it's OK to use that word
1: because it's to describe
4: just that the features are not uh, normal human features that we're biologically used to seeing. Right. Like those fillers that are, you know, like so big or like the, you know, the Brazilian but the BBLs like Jada just spoke about right. as well. You know these are things that are dangerous
2: to our biology that's you know and that you're making permanent changes at a very young age you know, I so am right. so
1: glad that you guys are approaching this because it is definitely a different conversation it's a society thing I remember right. when you know I would do covers of magazines even in the 80s and 90s and they would airbrush me and I'm like yeah. dude I'm in my teens what are you yeah. doing <laughs> Like, have you made at the skin of a change? It's
4: great, you look like a fetus, you look great. <laughs> I know,
1: and I could see the slippery slope happening, but I could have never foreseen that younger people, not yes. older people, would be leading the charge on altering yourself. So I just love that you're having these conversations. When you're talking to people that have differences from your own lifestyle, opinions, expertise, experiences that have led you to earn those wisdoms. How do you? How do you remain a good listener? Because you're doing a talk show now, which is you've got to be a good talker. But how do you listen?
2: Absolutely. Look, the table is a safe place. We don't want anyone coming on thinking that we're, we're not journalists, all right? We're having a conversation. All right, excuse me. Three no, women, yeah. Well, yeah. I know, I want to be a trying journalist trying, too. Trying. I want to be but, a journalist um, too. I'm with you. Go on, sorry. Yeah, yeah, but our point is to have the conversation. And, and to have a conversation, you have to have people that have different opinions from yes. us. So
3: yes. I, I think the key word to, to learn to listen is to go to the table with respect. For me, that's the the biggest thing, having respect for someone's opinion. You know, I may not have your same opinion, but I respect it.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I really 100%. embrace people that have different feelings, experiences, and opinions than I do. I've looked at the divide in our country yes. and just mm. said, I want this mm. show to be a bright spot, not a blind spot. I want to accept mm. our differences yes. and find that. Absolutely. absolutely. Now. I I have one last question for you, um, which is that it's Hispanic Heritage Month and I wanted to bring something up because I read this article in Forbes magazine and it said a lot of people are responding from uh, the Latin community that this is not a month to have businesses and marketing firms check boxes. What is your thoughts about that?
2: Well, I read the article as well and I just have to say this. Absolutely, this should be something, especially advertisers, to realize the economic power of the Latin market. Like Latinos may, even that they can't afford it, will buy their children the top-of-the-line shoes or, you know, uh, Nikes or whatever comes out. They'll fix up their house, and they'll spend money on the things that are of value. So advertisers that are out there are ignoring this market. So. Absolutely, and I've fought this a long time. I'm on a lot of boards in different companies, and this is one of the pet peeves, that they don't put enough emphasis or focus on the Latin market year-round. Now, I'll take the month, because we are not we are underrepresented. We're underrepresented. We have one (laughs) thing. In (laughs) the television, Mm -hmm. I would tell
3: advertisers, if you're not paying attention to the Hispanic market, wake up! You're You're missing
1: out. I I, I agree, and it's why I wanted to talk to you because I, I felt very sensitive um, where I want to bring these Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Gay Pride Month and the way that we, through the holidays, tend to tap into our altruism and our giving and our thoughtfulness and how can we re weave a 365 tapestry where we honor and celebrate the best in each other, accept each other's differences and make this a year round thing uh, without ever ignoring what has been built and needs to be acknowledged in these specialized you know, months. So I was very excited to talk to you. As I'm excited to talk to you about everything. Gloria, Lily, I mean, Emily, you guys, I am so excited that we are on a parallel track with each other. My love, my admiration, and the way that just my heart blossoms and my mind expands every time we get together or I watch your shows or getting to keep going alongside with you is such an honor. I love you so much. Red Table Talk via Stefan's airs new episodes every Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific and 12 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Watch. Congratulations so love you. We'll be right back. to show you this. Take a look.
5: Hi Drew, we're the craft grooms. Let's run the Dollar Tree and grab some supplies before they run out and make mom a fall table centerpiece. We'll start by hot gluing rope around the base, then taking the flower foam and adding that, then staple gun and then hot glue that metal pumpkin frame. Look at me, I'm Cinderella, I'm in a pumpkin. Then hire your local florist or the husband, the other craft groom in my case, and then make it beautiful. And then wrap some rope around the top and hot glue it. Add some leaves, and there you go. Hey, Mom, we hope you love your fall table centerpiece. And you too, Drew. Hey, when can we eat? Love, craft grooms.
1: I can't wait to try that. now, um, I don't know if any of you know this, but I even have a hashtag beauty junkie, um, because I am one. And I love keeping up with the latest beauty trends. I have a beauty company, Flower Beauty. We've had it for 10 years. And today, we're gonna take it to the drugstore, and we're talking beauty on a budget. We received a beauty SOS from a nurse in New Jersey, and we had to invite her here for one of my favorite segments on this show called Beauty in a Box. to welcome Carmen Diaz. (laughs) I'm so glad you're here, Carmen. Thank you, Drew, I'm really I'm glad to be here as well. Why don't you tell everyone what your beauty SOS is?
2: Well, now especially that I'm a nurse and I'm wearing a mask all the time, I was wanting to have something that would absolutely make my eyes pop since that's really the
1: only thing that people unfortunately are getting to see of -hmm. us. Okay, well, let's get started. Here's what I put together for you. Bring forward your box. So one thing I thought that would be nice to start with, an eyelash curler. Now, I went with the Tweezerman because I think that's my favorite drugstore brand. Mm -hmm. Tweezerman gets it right. So you want to give a nice squeeze um, and get them as close to the lash line without really pinching your skin and you just want to rest it up there, you'll, you'll feel, give it a gentle squeeze and you'll be like, I've got skin, I've got skin, I don't have skin. <laughs> and then you give it a nice curl. I've taken the lashes from going at this angle mm-hmm. to this angle. Then um, I got for you mm-hmm. a L'Oreal Voluminous mascara, but I got it for you in this really rich, deep, plummy, maroon color.
6: Oh.
1: I took into account the color of your pupils um, and I think that this is really beautiful next to your rich brown. Mm -hmm. And you're just gonna go in there and work the lashes up. Go from the base, especially now that you lifted it up. Now what I like about this is this is a very rich magenta color so, in light, it'll catch and be really beautiful next to your pupils. How do you avoid, like, you see how I got a little glop on the on my eyelid? q <laughs> tip <A> Q-tip. Q-tip. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> that's gonna happen. That happens to everybody. That's okay. just something that, that occurs. Yes, Carmen, yes. I can see a difference already. I can. Your eyes are catching the light and they're sparkling. I'm really, I can tell from here. <laughs> now, is, this is Flower Beauty, which is a mass brand. You can find it at all these different mass retailers. I mentioned Walmart. I mean, we're everywhere. So you're going to go on the lower water line with this. Mm-hmm. So you're going to pull your eye down and just go right inside, right there. And you want it to have a little bit of brightness, but a tiny bit of that flesh tone color. Good. Very nice, Carmen. Oh, I'm Thank so you. pleased. Um, okay, mm-hmm. now with this, Um, This is a wet and wild, and I'm just gonna go dab on the lid, dab on the lid. And what this does is it's gonna be wet, so you're gonna be able to move your finger around and just get a little application on there, and it'll set and dry, and it's gonna catch light. The magenta's gonna catch the light, and people are gonna go, ooh. (laughs) The white on the waterline is gonna pop your eyes and make it look more awake. The curling is gonna open up your eyes. We definitely need to look more awake. I'm loving it. (laughs) Now, I love this brand Revolution, um, and it's fantastic. So what I'm gonna have you do here, I want you to jack up those brows, okay? Okay? (laughs) And how you do that is there's a great practice in beauty called like soap brows. Mm -hmm. And basically what that is, is just putting a little product on a brush that will kind of put like this great non waxy, but a little bit of a residue that will keep it in place. So what you want to do is kind of rub it in the water, rub it in the product. All the runway and beauty trends are all about getting those fabulous brows that we all had in the eighties. They're back. I have those. Well, <laughs> jack them up, Carmen, because you're totally on trend when you do that. So, You know, it just gives a little emphasis. I think you look so great, and I really like the results. Go ahead, keep working on those brows. I want you to think like Rod Stewart's hair. Oh, okay. (laughs) You know, thank you. I love when people get the references. Sometimes when you speak to Gen Zers, you're like, da 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 joke! And they're like... "Uh." And you're like, right. I gotta tell you, I'm not kidding, Carmen. The light is hitting your eyes. It looks so beautiful. And (laughs) natural. Yes, which makes you so beautiful, your natural beauty. Thank you so much. I so appreciate that. It's like therapy in a box. (laughs) Um, Okay, so the cost of all these drugstore items comes to $38. Um, So, okay, you're gonna go home with everything in this beauty box, and I'm also gonna give you a $500 gift card. So, you know, if you do feel like flourishing, or I've missed anything, you can shop for yourself as well. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Carmen. Anniversary and birthday gift all wrapped in one. Thank you so much. What anniversary? I made thirty-three years at the hospital. Thirty-three years at the hospital. Yes. Carmen Diaz, thank you so much. Thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Such you. a pleasure. Okay, we'll be right back.
0: This episode is brought in part to you by Audible
1: tune up at the Good News Garage, Vroom Vroom, and today I've got two fantastic mechanics under that news hood with me. She's a best selling author, a fearless journalist, and a hero of mine, Lisa Lee! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And he helps me make the Good News Engine go every day of the week. It's Rossi (laughs) ross (laughs) now. Here's Lisa Lee. Like yeah. a real <laughs> newsmaker. I, we're both dorking out
5: over Lisa Ling. Oh, I you love guys. you. Thank you.
6: Thank it's you. a really
1: big deal. Yeah. Thank you. I, I appreciate it. I'm so excited to be here. Um, I've <laughs> always been um, a good news junkie. Yeah. I mean, I am like, I do my civic duty. I watch that news
6: every single day. Yeah. I mean, for me, I. I, w- I wanted to be on TV as a kid, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and I'll tell you why. So my parents got a divorce when I was seven, and they were working all the time, and the TV was always on in my house. We didn't have a lot of money. And so I thought, well, if I can somehow get a job on TV, maybe one day I can have a better life. Um, but no one looked like me on TV, yeah. you know? Like, mm-hmm. my favorite show was The Brady Bunch, and I didn't look like Jan or Marsha or <laughs> <laughs> But there was Connie Chung, and do, you, do y'all remember Connie Chung? Oh, of course! <laughs> I love Connie Chung. Yes, I mean, Connie Chung just symbolized all that was intelligent and beautiful and graceful and I, I, she allowed me to know that I could, I could do this because she was the only Asian person on a national stage and if you ask any Asian journalist of my uh, generation, I'm sure they will all say that Connie Chung was their inspiration because she was the only one.
5: And think about this, Lisa, like the next generation, they see you. You know, and they're looking at you, and they're going to emulate what you're doing now. Well,
6: don't make me cry. I <laughs> know. It's so, cool. It's oh,
1: so cool. cool.
6: Thank you. I love Ross,
1: that. I think that's the best point that we have made so far. <laughs> Absolutely, you're Thank so you for astute. That. I appreciate Aww. that. Um, well, we are so thrilled you're here. We do like to get into some headlines. So, are it. you ready? Let's do it. All right. First up, we've got a fascinating fact that we just learned about. Uh, well, another hero of all of ours um, and someone you worked intimately with, Oprah. (laughs) Uh, People reports that she recently went on Hoda's podcast to reveal that when it comes to friends, the magic number is three. Oprah says she doesn't have a lot of friends. It's just Gail, Maria Shriver, and her trainer, Bob Green. Um, Lisa, what do you think about this magic three number
6: with your colleague, Oprah? Well, it's funny, because I did work for Oprah for a long time, and it was hard to imagine being friends with her because I just, I was so in awe of her and I just, I would just stare at her and she would probably not want to be friends with someone like me because I was creeping her out. Yeah. All of my friends, um, I have more than
1: three, uh, but they are 40, 30, and 20 years in the making. Mm. So they're really, I, I'm into old friends and I, I feel like I don't often get to make new friends necessarily. What about you, Rossi? Well, Except I Except you, by the way. You're mine. I know. Mine. But I've known you for a long time, too. Sort of,
5: yeah, right? But we became like, boom, right when we needed each other. Like
1: Velcro. I know.
5: <laughs> I looked at, I think this might be the first time I've ever felt sorry for Oprah. I think, <laughs> I think, I, I understand the value of keeping a tight circle. But, um, girl, it is. Do you need a friend, honey? I'll take you out to Happy Hour, my tree, <laughs> Oprah. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> I just feel like I count my friends. They're so important to me. And if I committed a crime, I could think of 22 people off the top of my head I would call who would lie to the authorities for me. And you need that. You're lucky. You're lucky.
1: Um, my Lee- friends
6: would be like, uh, again? again? Like, come
1: on. Oh, well, Lisa Link, I love you. I know, danger. I already loved Rabble you. Rouser. By the way, Seriously, like real talk though, all jokes aside, I can't imagine the places you have put yourself. Have you ever truly been nervous in over your head or like, whoa, what is next?
6: Yes. (laughs) Really? You know, before I even started at The View, I worked for a show called Channel One News, which Mm -hmm. was seen in schools across the country. And we were sent to cover some crazy things. I mean, I covered the civil war in Afghanistan in 1994, and I covered drug wars throughout South America. Um, And I would say the scariest moment for me was when we were rappelling out of um, narco helicopters uh, with the narco uh, police into cocaine-infested laboratories um, in the jungles and getting fired upon. That was a kind of scary moment.
5: Maybe I need to work a little harder because... (laughs) I mean, I was scared one time when I grabbed like a pashmina at Macy's and half off and there's only one, I was like, give it to me. That's like the most dangerous thing I've ever encountered. That is scary. Actually it was scary, but I did get that pashmina. Thank you very much. <laughs> you know who you are. In
1: all transparency, we have put Ross in some very perilous situations. Um, so many carbs. <laughs> so many day. carbs I have forced you to eat. Um,
6: All right, Lisa, will you please take the next story? Well, next up, we are turning to some sports news. And it's it's always a heartbreaker when an athlete is sidelined by injury. But Mets star pitcher Noah Sundergaard has found an incredible way to make time count. The New York Times reports Noah, also known as Thor, Mm -hmm. put down the baseball and picked up some books and started his own book club. He invited fans to join via text, and each month they get a new title and take the conversation even deeper. Noah interviews authors on Instagram Live. Mets fans say it helps them appreciate their picture in a new way, and some say they're reading books they never would have picked up. So,
1: are you guys in a, in a book club? <laughs> I'm not in a book club, but I really love the books that he's putting out there because I always think when athletes talk about mental health, these yes. are infallible incredible, you know, humans with extraordinary capacity. I love when tough guys come out and show their softer side. Totally. This is a, a great gateway in that might not have the stigma of you're weak or you're this. It's like
6: even strongest people we know. Mm-hmm. It's totally hot too, totally. right? I totally. mean, <laughs> yes! guys yeah. who, you know, in those like tight picture pants mm-hmm. and also well-read, that's like a perfect combination to Yeah, Yeah. I love Ooh, that. Nice. That's, that's what we call, that's what we call a home run. Hi.
1: Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, this story I really loved um, yeah. because it spoke to me and made me feel a little less alone. Um, here is a question. Would you rather life be calm or exciting?
6: What would you say, Ross? I I wonder,
5: wonder. (laughs) I'm gonna go with calm now.
1: Wow. Because
5: back in the day, it's like, give me a little excitement, but now give me some elastic and some Netflix. I'm exhausted.
1: And CNN actually reports that a new study found people overwhelmingly prefer calm. Mm-hmm. They surveyed people in 116 countries and 72% wanted calm and 16% wanted exciting with 10% wanting a mix of both. So I'd like to poll the audience right now. Grab your polls, everybody. <laughs> um, and let's ask you guys with a show of green for calm. <laughs> being your desired lifestyle and red for a hot, exciting lifestyle. Okay, here we go. Who's it's kind of a mix. <laughs> Interesting. Oh, I like you're just right in the middle, ma'am. <laughs> um, I might have to ask you, what's the middle all about and what does that mean to you? I am a single mother, so I'd like a calm life with my children, but then I also want an exciting life when I don't have them. And they're with their dad! (laughs) All right, we're gonna take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back here with more business.
6: Have you ever covered a carpet stain with a rug? Ignored a leaky faucet? Plus, you'll know what to tackle next because Thumbtack is the app that shows you what to do, who to hire, and when. So say goodbye to all those unfinished home projects and say hello to caring for your home the easier way. Download Thumbtack and start a project today.
1: Welcome back. We're here with the intrepid journalist and amazing human, Lisa Ling. Life kicks off its eighth season, which I mean, sounds like a lot, but you have been doing this far before even this show. And let's take a look at a clip from the premiere show.
6: By 1982, one in five Detroit residents were out of a job. People wanna know, why is this happening to me? Who can I blame? In the beginning, the workers blamed the companies. Factories blamed the workers. The politicians blamed each other. And in the end, they kind of all reached a consensus. Let's blame Japan.
1: Okay, so that clip sets up the scene to talk about the story of Vincent Chin. And I was wondering if you could share that with us.
6: Yeah, so this season of This Is Life, we're doing something a little different. Because of COVID, we decided to pivot and ground each episode of the season in a moment in American history that didn't make it into the history books um, and to kind of dissect it to figure out how it has impacted where we are today. And Vincent Chin was a young Chinese-American man who lived in Detroit, and Detroit during the 80s was the automobile capital of the world. And um, at a certain point there was this economic downturn and people were losing jobs left and right. And as Helen Zia, the journalist said, people started blaming Japanese car manufacturers because they were producing much more fuel efficient uh, cars. So Vincent Chin was at a bar in Detroit and having a good time celebrating his bachelor party and two out of work auto workers uh, accused him of being uh, Japanese and they got into an altercation. The two men got kicked out. They waited for Vincent Chin. And so after Vincent Chin's um, murder, the killers never served a day in jail or prison. They got um, served a $3,000 fine. They even pled guilty Um, And it it was one of those moments in Asian American history that the community became really galvanized. That case became the first civil rights case involving an Asian American in American history. And when you look at what's happening today over the past year and a half, since COVID became rooted in this country, so many Asians have been targeted because the origins of COVID uh, were in China. Um, for no reason. And we we look at this story because in some ways, it's not different from what happened during the, the 1980s. And there's just this, been this pattern of discrimination and scapegoating of Asian Americans for, that, that, that has spanned more than a century. So I think it's really important that we go back and look into those moments that didn't make it into the history books, because we can't know how to fix things. We can't really know where we're going unless we know where we've been. Mm-hmm. I love that. And
5: you know, we learn so much when, when you put these, these, these historical moments into context for us. What do you want the viewer to take away from this premiere?
6: Well, I think it's really interesting that right now one of the fiercest debates going on in the government, in, in uh, local legislatures, in school bo- uh, on school boards is over what to teach our kids, like what kind of history to teach. And I I think that it's really important to to equip our kids with a whole array of history, because history in America has been told through a certain lens. I mean, my own kids are only eight and five, but I've told them about the the internment of of Japanese Americans. I've told them about the Chinese Exclusion Act. They know who Rosa Parks was. They know um, what Jim Crow laws were. And you know, I've been teaching them to stand up for themselves and stand up for other people. And a couple of months ago, a little boy at my daughter's school called her Ching Chong. And without missing a beat, her best friend said, I will not be a bystander. (laughs) (laughs) And went. Wow.
5: (laughs) And went and told
6: the teacher. And like, to me, that was an example of, of really great parenting, educating our kids, making them aware um, of, of the importance of standing up for all people, irrespective of their their gender, their their race, et cetera, and I think we need to we need to get back together I <laughs> and agree. and understand each other.
1: Yeah. I agree completely. Well, thank you.
6: And uh,
1: the Asian um, American Foundation um, is something that you've worked really closely on, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, well, I would love uh, to make a donation. We admire everything that you do. And we reached out to One Hope Wine a Napa Valley Winery on the mission to nourish the future. And I thank them uh, so much because they're gonna, gonna donate $10,000 to the Asian American Foundation. Thank you. and you. Thank Thank you so much for gracing this news desk with your amazing intrepid presence. Well,
6: and all these stories that you'll see, I mean, these are stories about, you know, our history. It's not just Asian American history in this first episode. It's all of our history. Yes, Yes. absolutely. Thank you. Um, Well, Lisa's show,
1: This Is Life with Lisa Ling, returns this Sunday and will be available to stream on CNN Go as well. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Thank (laughs) you
0: Terms apply.
1: Welcome back. It's time for a pop quiz. Pop. <laughs>
5: All right. Uh, hmm. Christina Yee. There you are. Wow, you
1: are really giving me Fifty First Dates vibes. <laughs> I wore like that pink shirt and the white jeans the entire movie.
5: I know. Are you are you are you good? I, I'll be.
4: I'll be okay. Okay. Oh God.
5: God. <laughs> I'm Let's do that. All right. You're paying attention to the show, right? I tried my best. Okay. Okay,
1: Christina. If you answer three questions correctly about today's show, that's a thousand dollars. But it's a hundred bucks for every question answered right. So here we go. All right. First question. Who canceled on me this morning? Somebody called me this morning or texted me and was like, I'm not coming. And I was like, yes! Personal trainer. Yes! 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 Christina, you had me so worried. It was kind of a trick question. Because like, cancel culture, you know, I I I got a little confused by that too. Okay,
5: all right. That's one correct answer. Next question. (laughs) Why did Drew congratulate the Estefans? They were nominated for Emmy and for yes! season two. Okay. Oh, no, no. This is so exciting. Okay. It comes down to this last question okay. for a thousand oh, dollars. My God.
1: Oh, no. How many friends does Oprah have? for choosing to spend your time with us. We make this show for you. So please take this good energy with you and hopefully we'll see you again.